0: New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash snapped or text snap to 500-500. That's audible.com slash snapped or text snap to
1: 500-500. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/wondery. That's RocketMoney.com/wondery. RocketMoney.com/wondery.
2: Shajia Ayobi came to America seeking a new life. She grew up in a fairly
3: conservative community in Afghanistan. In the United States, she had choices.
2: America was also where she met and married Gulam, a fellow refugee serving his adopted country.
4: His primary duty was to train American soldiers um, to Afghan culture.
5: You could see that my uncle was truly in love with Shajia.
4: Together, they had four children. They had a beautiful life,
2: happy life. But their happiness would be cut short by a deadly carjacking. Somebody shot my husband! People in the community were scared. It made the news? The search for the killers would leave the investigators wondering, was the shooting simply a random crime?
6: So I said, you want? I don't want money.
2: Was it a matter of national security?
6: We had a
7: surprise visit from the FBI. Is this some act of terrorism?
2: Or was there a terrible secret lurking inside Shajia's marriage?
1: She was like, look, in my country, you would be killed. You will be hung, beheaded, and be killed. Here, I want the police. Police
2: won't do anything. Sacramento, California, December eighteenth, two thousand eleven. An hour and a half northeast of San Francisco, California's capital is a quiet, comfortable city of almost 500,000.
8: Very lovely community, green, lush, affordable. It's just all around a a good all-American city.
3: It has a nice hometown charm to
2: it that not a lot of other cities in California have. But Sacramento's hometown charms would be shattered a little after midnight when the police received a hysterical 911 call from 45-year-old Shajia Ayobi, Somebody shot my
7: husband! Shajia Ayobi reported that she had been a victim of carjacking and her husband, who was in the car at the time, had been shot.
2: Shajia said they were driving home when the two carjackers attacked.
8: Two perpetrators pop up. One's got a gun, and they order her to pull over. These
9: two people in the back seat Demanded her husband's wallet. When he refused or struggled, they shot him.
0: While you were on the freeway, <gasps> on the freeway and they got
2: off. After shooting her husband, the carjackers had apparently panicked and they ran.
10: According to Miss Iobie, the assailants
7: flee the car on foot. She was able to continue driving and get her phone out and call 911.
3: Are you still driving? No. <laughs>
1: Okay, hey, over to
2: the right shoulder. What exit are you took the exit, and officers arrived on the scene moments later. So we're
1: trying
10: to get descriptions and more information, but the female happens, it's very hysterical
2: right now. Shajia's hysteria was understandable, because when the police arrived, they found her husband, 53-year-old Gulam Ayobi, sprawled in the passenger seat of the couple's minivan,
8: covered in blood. Gulam was shot three times in the head. However,
2: while Ghulam's condition was dire, he wasn't dead.
8: Mr. Ayobi
7: still had some signs of life, so he was transported to the hospital.
2: And even as the doctors raced to save him, the search for Ghulam's shooters would send the investigators deep into a world of international intrigue, attract the attention of national security agencies, and have the authorities wondering, was there more to the shooting than a simple carjacking? born in 1966. Shajia was just 13 years old when the Soviet Union invaded her homeland of Afghanistan.
8: She was from a war-torn country as a young girl. She witnessed atrocities and the trauma of seeing different people in her family be murdered.
2: To escape the violence, Shajia's family arranged for the 17-year-old to immigrate to California in 1984. They also arranged for the teenager to marry an Afghan man already living in the states.
3: So a lot of choice was taken away from this woman. Most of
2: her decisions were made for her. Which didn't necessarily sit well with Shajia.
4: was very independent, and she did not want to be attached to anyone or rely on anyone or have to answer to anyone. She wanted to do what she wished to do.
2: However, Shajia didn't dare
9: defy her family. They had a very close, tight-knit family
2: and they were very traditional in some ways. And once married and settled in California, Shajia did fall in love with her new home.
7: And She wanted to be American.
2: And she embraced her new home by doing something that would have been unthinkable back in Afghanistan. Shajia ended her arranged marriage by filing for divorce. In the United States, she had choices. Free from her arranged marriage, Shajia blossomed in America. She got a job to support herself and even took some college
4: courses. She was such a strong personality and she um, was a go-getter.
2: She didn't turn her back on her homeland though. Instead, she got to know other members of the Bay Area's close-knit Afghan
5: community. My mom was really good close friends with her. She
4: became really good friends with my sister and I. And
2: it was through those new connections in the Afghan community that Shajia would meet a fellow refugee named Ghulam Ayobi. Eight years older than Shajia, Ghulam was in his early 20s when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan.
4: He'd finished high school and college there. After the
2: invasion, he ended up on the front lines as a rebel fighting the Soviets and as a soldier in the Civil War that followed their pullout in 1989. But as the Taliban's grip tightened, Ghulam eventually fled. He left because our situation was not safe in Afghanistan. Emigrating to Germany, Gulam spent the next several years helping the rest of his extended family escape Afghanistan.
5: He would work uh, single-handedly, of course, uh, and send money to us.
2: With Gulam's help, his sister and her children settled in California, where she got to know Shijia.
5: My mom thought that she would be a good match with my uncle. And in
2: 1993, when Gulam came to the States to visit his sister, she arranged a meeting.
6: My mom kind of introduced them, hoping that those two could, you know, meet up and get married.
2: And based on Gulam's reaction, it looked like that introduction just might work as his sister planned.
5: He would just rave about Shajia, how beautiful she is and how much he loves her.
2: Shajia seemed just as head over heels, too.
5: Looked like it was a match made in heaven.
2: I thought they were the happiest couple. Before Gulam went back to Germany, they were formally engaged.
6: They had actually what we call it nikah. It's a religious ceremony that we had to do before the men and women get together.
2: And a few months later Shajia followed her fiance abroad. They got married in Germany. The couple spent the next 12 years in Germany and had four children together.
7: Gulam was very traditional, so that caused her to kind of be the stay-home mom.
4: He wanted Shajia to be really committed to the children making sure that they were happy. Meanwhile, Gulam focused on providing for the family.
6: My uncle was working. They had a really, really great life in Germany, but Shajia always wanted to come back to US. And in
2: 2005, Shajia got her wish. After more than a decade of marriage, the family moved back to the States and eventually settled in the San Francisco area.
6: They lived in the East Bay for a while, uh, closer to my mom.
2: Living in East Bay, Shajia continued to stay home with the kids, while Gulam worked long hours to support the family.
7: He ran a succession of businesses. He ran a hot dog cart. They had a, a pizza parlor business in the Bay Area.
2: But then a military contractor approached Gulam and offered the former soldier a job as a cultural advisor for the U.S. Army.
4: They recruited him to train the American soldiers, get them prepared for you know being deployed to afghanistan and serving there
2: gulam took the job out of duty to his family
4: my uncle tried to do whatever he could to provide for the family
2: and out of pride in his newly adopted home
7: he was a person who respected what this country had to offer
2: however gulam's new job did require a sacrifice
4: he was stationed in louisiana but i know he traveled outside of louisiana to train soldiers
5: he would only come every two to three months for a week at home
4: the money was good though in fact Goulom's
2: generous salary allowed the family to move out of a cramped apartment in the bay area and into a nice house in sacramento
6: my uncle always wanted to have a big house for the kids and always wanted them to live in a better community and go to a better school
2: with her husband often away and the kids getting older, Shajia kept herself busy too. Thanks to her husband's connections, she did some translating work for the government.
4: Shajia spoke several different languages.
2: And after almost two decades of focusing on her family, the 45-year-old also went back to school, taking criminal justice classes at the local community college.
6: She always wanted to be independent.
2: She also visited her homeland for the first time since she'd fled more than 20 years earlier.
7: She would travel to Afghanistan once or twice a year.
2: She made a lot of trips by herself. Foreign vacations, a comfortable suburban home, and a bright future. By 2011, it looked like Shajia and Gulam had put their war-torn
4: past well behind them.
7: They came here to achieve the things that they could not in Afghanistan.
4: This family did live an American dream.
2: But that December, more than two decades after escaping Afghanistan, Shajia and Gulam would discover that no place is safe from sudden and seemingly senseless violence. Coming up, is the attack on Gulam simply a robbery gone wrong? Carjackings are a very real fear in California. Or is it a matter of national security?
7: We had a surprise visit from the FBI.
2: On December 18th, 2011, 45-year-old Shajia Ayobi called 911 in Sacramento, California, and reported that she and her husband, 53-year-old Gulam Ayobi, had been the victims of a violent carjacking while driving down the freeway. They shot my husband, but I'm still going the car they got off.
7: She was directed to pull off the freeway, and the patrol officers met uh, Mrs. Ayobi.
3: Shijia was completely unharmed, but Gulam is in very critical condition.
2: He'd been shot three times in the head.
10: Paramedics weren't sure that he was going to make it.
2: While the paramedics loaded Gulam into an ambulance and rushed him to the nearest hospital, the investigators drove Shajia to the police station to take her statement. I hope you
6: can finish as soon as possible. we to the hospital. Yeah, we'll do our
2: best. Shajia began the interview by explaining that her husband was an Afghan refugee who worked as a cultural specialist for the US
6: Army. The soldiers before they deployed to Afghanistan, he gives them some kind of training, role play. So it's called like linguist slash role
4: play. His primary duty was to train and familiarize the American soldiers um, to Afghan culture.
2: Normally stationed in Louisiana, Shajia said that her husband had flown home on a red eye the night before.
7: So he barely been home 24 hours then. He arrived in Sacramento very early in the morning, and he hadn't seen his kids for six months, so he stayed up all day.
2: And that night, they'd gone to a dinner party hosted by friends. So I just
6: took us, we went, and the kids
2: stayed home with my mom. Shijia said that the party had ended just before midnight, and Gulang, going on more than 24 hours without sleep, had asked her to drive home.
6: Gonna start driving until I got close to the freeway. And then I heard another voice from the back. I didn't see him at all, well, maybe they were all the way in the back and I couldn't see at all. They just came out all of a sudden, I just heard the noise of the voice first.
0: The
7: carjacker emerged from the back of the minivan and he announced that he was robbing them.
6: I tried to see if I could talk him, talk him out of his, like, what he wants. So I said, what do you want? I know you want money, whatever. You know, we can give it to you. Can you please don't do something, you know? He said, yeah, I told my husband, give me
2: your wallet. Shajia said that she had told Gholam to hand over his wallet, but Gholam had refused.
6: He tried to grab him, I think. He tried to resist something.
10: Your husband tried to grab the guy?
2: And according to Shajia. That's when she heard the first shot. I think he hit
6: the shot one more time. Um, like, I'm still little, so shocked.
2: And according to Shajia, she wasn't the only one shocked by the shooting.
6: As soon as he fired, them, I heard another voice, and it was a, a female the voice.
7: There were two
2: assailants in the back of her minivan.
7: It was a male female robbery team.
6: She got mad at him, miss called him or something, said, what, like, Why would you do? We just want the money.
2: Shajia said the carjackers had argued briefly in the back seat and then fled with Gulam's wallet.
6: He said, Make a quick stop right here. We're going to get off. Or something, don't look or something, just keep going. He said, so As soon as I just stopped the job.
2: According to Shajia, while the carjackers had left her unhurt, she said that it had all happened so fast. There was little she could tell the police about the attackers.
7: If somebody got out of the car? You might have seen them. Somebody moving around outside. Did you see anybody moving around outside? Yeah,
6: they told me that they were gonna get out, right? So as soon as they got, they got out, they shut the door so hard. I looked back, I didn't see because it's so dark. The windows are tinted, and they are outside before the door so fast.
2: And she wasn't sure how they'd gotten in her back seat either. The
3: carjackers must have gotten in their van while they were parked at a friend's house for a dinner. Where was your car
6: parked at the house? Around the corner, like a lot of it.
2: It was a harrowing story, and it was about to get worse.
7: I'm really sorry to have to tell you. That your husband didn't survive. Oh, God. I want to let you know we're going to do everything we can to solve this. You're kidding me. I'm very,
6: very sorry. Oh,
2: God. And when they got the news later that morning, the rest of Gulam's family was just as devastated.
5: The first question was, is it true that my uncle uh, has been killed, murdered? Reality hit me, I, I, I collapsed, I lay down on the floor crying.
4: My first reaction was like, it's impossible, this is not true. But
2: when the deadly carjacking made the news, it seemed all too plausible and frightening to the rest of Sacramento. Carjackings are a very real fear in California.
8: There are a number of gangs there as well that kind of migrate from the uh, the Bay Area and from the stocking area as well.
2: And when crime scene technicians finished processing the family's impounded minivan, what they found also appeared to fit the carjacking scenario Shajia
7: described. The shooting happened inside the van. We have no doubt about that from the trajectories involved and the shell casings.
2: But could they ever track down the shooters? Later that same morning, just hours after the shooting, the investigators got what appeared to be their first big break.
7: There's an apartment complex where a maintenance worker, doing his normal rounds, saw this brand new looking laptop bag right on top of the pile of trash. And when he opened it up, he found a wallet that turned out to have Mr. Ayobi's identification, in it, and it was covered in blood.
2: A 32 caliber pistol was also in the bag.
7: That matched the shell casings that we found in the car.
2: And yet, while they had apparently recovered the murder weapon, there were still some aspects of the crime that puzzled the investigators.
7: It's very odd for people to be driving down the freeway and be carjacked in that manner.
8: Usually carjackings happen at intersections. They're approached at gunpoint, told to get out of the car, put the vehicle in park, and and to exit the vehicle. And that's kind of how carjackings happen.
7: There's going to be something more to this case.
8: It
2: was a theory the investigators would explore further a few days later when they received an unexpected visitor.
7: We had a surprise visit from the FBI.
2: Normally, the Bureau wouldn't get involved in something like a carjacking, even a suspicious one like Ghulam's death. But the Afghan refugee wasn't a typical murder victim.
7: He was a military contractor training our troops, getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan.
2: Could the murder have something to do with Ghulam's job?
7: Is this some act of terrorism? The possibility was there, so That actually caused us a lot of concern.
2: But was that also why the FBI had taken a sudden interest in the case? The answer was not exactly.
7: This agent was a handler for Shajia.
2: And why would Shajia have an FBI handler? It turned out that while her husband worked for the military training troops as a cultural advisor, Shajia had also been working for the government as what was euphemistically known as a cultural informant.
7: The FBI counterintelligence has a program where people who are traveling abroad are recruited to, when they return to the United States, to give a report on basically what people are thinking, what their mindset is, and how they feel about America.
2: Which was a roundabout way of saying that Shijia was dabbling in espionage. Coming up, Shajia takes the international intrigue to the next level.
8: She said it was a CIA plot.
2: And according to Shijia, Gulam was the target.
6: He's leaking a lot of
0: information. As a SNAP listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every case I learn about, I'm reminded how much I want to prioritize my vigilance and preparation. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe Home Security. My cameras have alerted me about trespassers and even given me a sense of security knowing my home is safe even when I'm not there. Simply Safe offers protection for the whole house with advanced sensors that not only detect break ins, but fires, floods, and other threats to your home and getting you the help you need for each scenario. The indoor security cameras offer privacy shutters to ensure physical privacy when you want it. Plus, you can try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, return your system for a full refund. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/snapt. That's simplysafe.com/snapt. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
10: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile.
2: By New Year's 2012, it had been two weeks since Shajia Ayobi's husband Gulam had been gunned down in what she said was a deadly carjacking. People in the community were scared. It made the news. But the investigators were starting to have doubts.
7: The story about how a carjacker was concealed inside the car and made himself known while they were in motion, to me that sounded very Hollywood.
2: But the most Hollywood aspect of the story had to be what the investigators learned about Shajia, that the 45-year-old Afghan immigrant and mother of four was actually a government informant working for the FBI.
7: They apparently have a network of people that do that, travel to Afghanistan.
2: Couple that with the fact that Gulam worked for the US military as a cultural advisor, and the investigators wondered if the so-called carjacking was simply a cover for something else. Knowing that both
9: Mr. Ayobe and Ms. Ayobe had worked for the United States government at some point, it might very well have made them a target for some terrorist type
2: of organization. However, there was one big problem with the idea that Shijia's spying had something to do with her husband's murder. Shijia was completely
3: unharmed, even as her husband was critically wounded and later died.
7: Something's just not right with the story.
2: So doubtful that terrorists had anything to do with Gulam's murder and hoping they might have some insight into who else might want him dead, the investigators turned to his family. Questioned about Shajia and Gulam's marriage, the family told the investigators that the couple had seemed
6: happy.
5: You could see that my uncle was truly in love with Shajia.
6: She was very pleasant, very outgoing, a very fun person to be around with.
2: But the family said that Shajia had changed after moving to Sacramento, that she joined a new mosque and turned her back on her earlier American lifestyle.
5: She started following a lot of Islamic rules, uh, started wearing, the, of course, the burqas.
2: And if the sudden change in Shajia wasn't unsettling enough for Ghulam, the family said she'd forced the children into following her example too.
5: His children have had simply converted and changed 100%, uh, uh, you know, 360 degree from a modern living style, open-minded, and just like any child in the United States, to individuals wearing burqas.
2: According to the family, Shajia and Gulam regularly fought over the issue.
6: My uncle wanted them to be raised as an Afghan American, to know their culture, but at the same time, I mean, you know, when we live here, we have to adapt American lifestyle. She did not want to hear what my uncle has to say about the kids or her or their lifestyle or the way Shijia was raising the kids. Informed
2: of the trouble in Shajia and Gulam's marriage, the investigators brought Shajia in for more questioning on January 19th.
7: We've been working very hard to, to try to solve this case. The forensic evidence that we have is very, very good, but it's... Requires somebody to put it in perspective, and that's what I'm hoping that you'll be able to tell us.
2: But what Shajia had to tell them wasn't at all what they expected. Instead of talking about her marriage or the alleged attackers, the former FBI informant was about to add a whole new level of intrigue to the case.
0: Over a year ago, I was, um, I was, somebody came to my door and
6: wanted to visit me in the morning. Um, It was sometime in November of last year, 2010, the year before. He showed me his ID badge. a CIA agent said that he's a special um, um, operation or task, task force or something.
2: And according to Shijia, the CIA agent had come to talk about her husband.
7: He'd explained to her that they had been watching Ghulam for a while.
9: He's leaking a lot of information to outsiders. outsider. Miss Ayobe's second story was that he had become this sort of double agent. Shajia
2: said that she had been shocked by the news. I got so scared and, um,
6: I... And, um, he said that, um, um, they know every they know a lot about him.
2: And according to Shajia, the CIA was prepared to put a stop to Gulam's spying, too. There I said you could just fire him, you
6: know, um, if he, if he's not a good person for the job. He said, no, we can do that, but that's not enough. We have to get rid of him.
8: She said it was a CIA plot to kill her husband.
2: Although, according to Shajia, The agent asked her to take Gulam out for them. They
6: just um, handed me a a bag, said that okay, um, save this for right now, and we will notify you next time what to do about it. I just took it and um, I, I, I I said let me open it. He opened it and it was inside. It was a gun.
2: Shajia said that she'd held on to the gun for several months until the CIA agent contacted her again.
6: He showed up again at the door one day, and then he said that uh, um, I didn't do anything. I said, I don't know what to do. Um, I can't do, I don't know how to shoot. I, I don't have the guts to shoot. You know, how am I going to do this? He said, OK, we will uh, help you with this. And according
2: to Shijia, that's when the CIA agent told her to hide the gun in her minivan
6: put it uh, under, the, under the seat in the back. Just leave it there and we will do
2: the job. It was all the investigators could do to keep a straight face.
7: I knew that it was preposterous. I was skeptical about it the, the whole time.
2: For starters, how many secrets could a mere cultural advisor pass on to the enemy?
8: He wasn't that high ranking. I don't even know what type of clearances he had.
2: And even if the CIA had wanted to stop Gulam, wouldn't they have done it in secret rather than involve Shijia?
8: It's just totally unbelievable.
2: And the investigators let Shijia know it, too.
7: Shandia, your story does not make sense.
8: To me, it makes sense.
7: It doesn't make It doesn't make sense. At that point, she was arrested.
2: The fact that Shijia had been charged with Gulam's murder didn't exactly take his family by surprise.
6: Hard as it is, deep down, I knew Shajia had something to do with it all along. But was
2: Shajia actually the person who pulled the trigger? Because the next day, after her mugshot and the story of her arrest made the papers, a staff member from the college where Shajia had taken criminal justice classes walked into the Sacramento Police Department with some urgent information.
7: He said, I need to tell you some details about this story.
2: The man told the investigators Shajia had been close to one of her classmates, 19-year-old Jake Clark.
7: Jake Clark is a very personable, very likable person. He's got a very outgoing personality.
2: And according to the school staff member, Jake had approached him a few weeks before Gulam's murder to ask his advice about something.
7: Shajia was soliciting him to buy a gun.
2: He said that at the time, he'd essentially blown Jake off.
7: He didn't take him seriously until he saw Shajia's photo in the paper. And he thought, you know, there's a connection here.
2: Did Jake have inside information about Gulam's murder? After receiving the tip, the investigators brought the young man in for questioning.
7: He was very cooperative, uh, acted like he wanted to help.
2: And he told the investigators that part of the way through the fall semester, Shajia had pulled him aside and made a shocking request. She was like, "Look, I have this problem. My
1: friend's husband has been abusing her daughter, and has been has been abusing and raping her daughter and abusing the wife. In my country, he would be killed. He would be hung,
10: beheaded, he'd be killed. Here, I went to the police. Police won't do anything. I want him taken care of."
2: According to Jake, she'd been willing to pay. She was
10: like, Jake, I really need you to do this. I will pay you. For $10,000, I will pay you.
2: Jake said he'd refuse Shajia's offer.
10: And that's,
6: uh, that didn't, okay. yeah, doesn't settle well with me.
2: But when the investigators checked Shajia's bank records, they told a very different story.
7: We found two $5,000 transactions, One one month before the murder and one a couple of days before the murder.
2: And when the investigators pulled Shajia's cell phone records, they found evidence suggesting that the money had gone to Jake.
7: The day before the murder, Jake texted his address to her to go meet her. We knew at that point there's something up. Jake is more intertwined and involved in this case than met the eye.
2: But could they prove it? The key turned out to be the messenger bag that the police had found dumped in the trash at an apartment complex near the murder scene. A bag that had contained a gun, Gulam's bloody wallet, and as it turned out, something else.
10: That bag also contained the DNA of Jake Clark.
2: Armed with new evidence, the investigators took Jake into custody. But when the investigators confronted him, Jake maintained that he was innocent.
8: I did not sit in the backseat of that car and shoot that man.
2: But if that was true, how had his DNA ended up on the bag with the gun? According to Jake, it all started with a phone call he received just minutes before Shajia dialed 911 to report the carjacking.
8: Answer it. Somebody breathing hard. It was OK, so I know you're, you're tripping now. Something must have, something's gone down.
2: Jake said that Shajia, obviously in a panic, asked him to meet her at a street corner not far from his old apartment.
7: His story is that she pulled up in the minivan, and he said he saw Mr. Ayobi was mortally wounded in the front seat. She pulled up, boom, I see him, he slumps, she pushes him back, I need you to take this. She gave him $100, and the bag containing the gun.
8: I take that, walk off, walk through the apartments, throw the bag right where you found it. Because
1: otherwise, if I was like, Okay, where did we find it? In the trash can. In the trash can in the apartment complex.
7: He said the reason why he did that was to help her get caught. That was my thinking behind it. Now I, I see him, I see him
6: in the front seat dead. I seen the murder weapon. Now you guys have the murder weapon.
2: And according to Jake, that made him a hero.
1: He said you guys give medals to people for that, correct?
7: In his mind, he thinks that we would never would have solved it if we didn't. Find the the bag with the evidence.
2: Coming up, the investigators uncover a powerful motive.
5: So altogether, it could have equated to seven hundred thousand, maybe a million dollars.
2: And Shajia
3: offers up yet another explanation. Everything becomes about paranoia and imminent danger.
2: On April 15, 2013, Shajia Ayobi went on trial for murder in Sacramento, California. The 46-year-old Afghan refugee and mother of four was accused of masterminding the murder of her husband, Gulam, a cultural advisor for the US military.
9: Initially, the reports were that this was a carjacking and a carjacking that had gone terribly
2: badly. And when the investigators began to doubt Shajia's carjacking story, she'd made an even more incredible claim.
7: Shajia said that she was involved in assisting the CIA to murder Gulam as uh, basically a double agent.
2: But in their opening argument, the prosecution claimed that Ghulam's murder had nothing to do with government spies, terrorism, or the war in Afghanistan.
7: She was dissatisfied with the way her life was going.
2: And most of all, according to the prosecution, she was dissatisfied with her marriage.
10: She was happier when her husband wasn't around.
2: Years ago, Shajia had divorced her first husband, but that was before she had any children.
7: She couldn't leave him, you know, uh, just walk out of the marriage because of the children.
2: And it was also before she joined a new, much more conservative mosque.
5: In our culture uh, and religion, divorce is very bad. Women are not looked... Uh, uh good upon uh, if they are divorced.
3: The prosecution believed that that stigma of getting divorced a second
2: time would be too much for her to bear. However, avoiding the stigma of divorce may not have been Shijia's only motive. According to the prosecutors, Gulam's murder may have been about money, too.
8: But there was a $285,000 insurance insurance policy out for Gulam.
2: And that wasn't all that Shijia stood to inherit either. There were also Gulam's retirement accounts and the family's comfortable suburban home.
5: So altogether, it could have equated to 700000 maybe a million dollars.
7: She stood to gain a lot, both emotionally by being able to live her life the way she demanded to, but also to be able to afford to do so.
2: And according to the prosecutors, that was why Shajia had approached her classmate, 19-year-old Jake Clark, in the fall of 2011, and offered him $10,000 in exchange for killing Gulam.
4: This was premeditated. Shajia had planned. She knew exactly what she wanted to do.
2: And the prosecutors claim that on the evening of December 17th, when she and Gulam went to dinner at a friend's house, Shajia put her plan into motion.
7: I think that Shajia left the, the van open and told Jake where the van was and he got into it and waited.
2: Gulam, exhausted after his red-eye flight the night before, didn't suspect a thing.
7: He wants Shajia to drive, reclines the seat back to make it more comfortable for the 20 or 30-minute ride home.
2: And according to the prosecutors, not long after Shajia drove off with her husband dozing in the passenger seat, Jake had made his move.
7: I think it was an execution. I don't think he had time to resist.
2: Then, with her husband dying beside her, the prosecutors theorized that Shajia had driven Jake to the apartment complex.
7: When she dropped him off, he immediately deposited the evidence into the dumpster.
2: And whether Jake intended the murder weapon to be found or not, the texts between Shagia and Jake and the $10,000 she withdrew from her bank account shortly before the shooting all pointed to Shijia being behind the murder.
7: The two $5,000 transactions right before the murder are very significant.
2: But would it be enough to convince the jury? Despite admitting to hiding the murder weapon, Jake had never agreed to testify against Shijia.
7: I think he enjoyed the cat and mouse game that he played with us during the investigation.
2: But they did have Shijia's earlier statement, where she had claimed to be part of a CIA plot to kill her husband.
8: She conceded to having had some involvement in the homicide. Uh, That's not disputed.
2: So, trapped by Shijia's earlier statements, when it was the defense's turn, they offered a new twist. According to Shijia, what she'd allegedly told Jake about wanting to take out an abusive husband was true only it wasn't for a friend.
7: Her story totally changed to say that she suffered
8: years of abuse at the hands of Ghulam Ayobe. defense was that she suffered PTSD.
2: Not just from her husband's alleged abuse, either. When Shajia took the stand in her own defense, she claimed that she had been battered
3: by life. She had PTSD from
2: growing up in Afghanistan during the Soviet invasion. And according to Shajia, that was on top of the trauma she suffered as Gulam's wife.
7: He was described as a very domineering figure in the household.
2: He was
3: allegedly very abusive, both physically and emotionally. And she testified
2: that her only relief had come when Gulam's new job took him to Louisiana for months at a time.
5: For two to three years, my uncle was in another state, he wasn't living with her. He was barely at the house.
2: Although according to Shijia, the abuse continued whenever he did return, so much so that she dreaded every homecoming. The defense argues that everything becomes about paranoia. And by December of 2011, Shajia said she had reached her breaking point.
8: Over a long period of time of her having been abused by this man, she finally snapped
2: to her
3: there were no options left to her that's what shajia claimed at least
10: the defense was that she should be acquitted because it was an act of self-defense
2: the prosecution and gulam's family strenuously objected to shajia's
4: portrayal of her husband
7: there's no evidence that he was abusive
4: the gulam that we knew and she knew just as well was not capable of hurting even a fly.
2: But they also worried that Shajia's story of abuse might play into the jury's preconceptions. The story can be
3: really heartbreaking because women are a lot more oppressed in conservative Islamic
2: society. And Ghulam's family figured that Shajia was playing to that prejudice when she accused him of abuse in the first place.
5: She's a very intelligent lady. She was very convincing. We were definitely worried that she may get away with this.
2: Coming up, the jury struggles to
3: reach a verdict. They were having a really hard time coming to a unanimous decision.
2: On April 25th, 2013, the jury retired to consider a verdict in Shijia Ayobe's murder trial. The 46-year-old mother of four was accused of hiring a hitman to kill her husband of 18 years, 53-year-old Ghulam Ayobe.
10: The prosecution and the defense agreed that Ms. Ayobe had orchestrated the death of her husband. They disagreed on the reason that she had done so.
2: At trial, the prosecution argued that Shijia sought to both end her marriage and collect more than a quarter million dollars in life insurance.
3: She stood to inherit $285,000 from that policy
2: if her husband died. But according to the defense, Shajia had orchestrated the murder to end years of abuse at her husband's hands.
8: She's not a cold-blooded killer. There are circumstances that mitigate what she did that
10: day. Miss Aobi asserted that she was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and the death of Ghulam was an act of self-defense.
2: But would the jury agree? On April 30th, five days after deliberations began, the jurors sent word to the judge. They were having a really hard time. They couldn't come
3: to a unanimous decision. Was a mistrial in the making? The judge instructs the jury to go back into deliberation and think about it some more.
2: Or would Shajia's claims of abuse win the jury's sympathy?
10: they had an option of finding her guilty of something less severe than first degree murder.
2: The answer came the next day on May 1st, when the jurors announced that they had finally managed to make a decision. She was guilty of all charges. The verdict was a vindication for Ghulam's family and his character. They
4: truly gave Ghulam justice, made everyone see for who Ghulam was, not what Ghulam was portrayed by Shajia.
2: But at her sentencing hearing on June 14th, Shajia stood by her abuse claims.
10: During her sentencing hearing, she recounted her fear that she was going to come home and find that her children were the victims of her husband's abuse and that they would be the ones that ultimately were killed. And that's why she did what she did.
2: But would her claims have any more impact on the judge than they did on the jury? When she handed down her decision, the judge sentenced Shajia to life in prison but with the possibility of parole after 26 years.
5: I would ask for capital punishment, but definitely life without parole is what we are looking for.
2: But while Ghulam's family is disappointed with Shajia's sentence, they do take comfort in one
4: thing. We may forgive her, God may forgive her, and um, you know, the authorities may forgive her, but how could she forgive herself? This is something that she's gonna have to live with for the rest of her life.
0: Shajia Ayobi will be eligible for parole in 2031. She will be 65 years old. Jake Clark was convicted of first-degree murder in 2014 and sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 22 years.